Welcome to the Fantasy Sports Cave. Welcome to our Power Ranking Show. I'm here with my guy, Sports Guy David. How you doing, David? I'm doing fantastic. It's a little early in the morning, but we're here. Yeah, we are here. It's an early morning show. Um, obviously, we did our offensive rankings uh, two weeks ago. We did our defensive rankings last week, and now we're putting it all together into a collaboration list with uh, both of us agreeing. Maybe some disagreements, but we, we had some a lot of disagreements. We had a lot of compromises. <laughs> yeah, uh, on our rankings list. And then also, we got some other league news that we're going to get to. But first off... This is the last episode of the Fantasy Sports Cave. Um, David, how do you feel about that? Uh, it's a little bittersweet. That's where I started from. Um, but bigger things are coming, so I like it. So, yeah, as you guys though. know, uh, uh, we've been to uh, what is it? tease it that we're rebranding, and we finally uh, agreed on a name, and we're just very excited to change where we are. I mean. Fantasy Sports Cave, that's where I started, too, for the past two years. And and obviously, you've been in it for longer, but we learned a lot. And uh, we're just very excited to <laughs> – uh, David's crying on the, on the screen. Also, for our podcast viewers, we are actually recording visual now, too. And yeah. it's going to be on YouTube. So those on YouTube, they'll be able to follow when we pull up. We have a lot of uh, segments here, and um, we have a bunch of pictures. So, hey, if you're an audio-visual guy, too, uh, you could – head over to YouTube and this will be up and you can follow along with us over on there. But that wraps it up for um, too much. We don't want to give up too much away. Let's get into the podcast and let's start with um, something that people may get a little bit annoyed that we're bringing it up, but we have to talk about it and we have to talk about the vaccine. And uh, basically this is a tweet from Mark Mask quote from our NFL vaccination story. More than 50% of NFL players have received at least one vaccine dose. 16 teams have more than 50 of 90 players vaccinated. Three teams have 70 or more. That's pretty good. But Colts, Jaguars, Cardinals, and Chargers are among those with lower vaccination rates. Just what is your opinion on this? Uh, so, you know, like, uh, I mean, if you want to get vaccinated, you can. If they're going to start requiring it, require like the go- the California government is going to start requiring it, then yeah. But if you don't want to get vaccinated, don't get vaccinated, dog. Like it's your choice, you know. I, I people been been like tell me you vaxxed. I'm like, no, like I don't remember the last time I took a shot. But uh, but you know, it's it's uh, it's up to you. I mean, but if it's if it's a requirement, then I guess there's going to be some like penalties. So uh, we'll see. Where well, they, they also at. put this out. Um, the NFLPA finally agreed on something because this, this you can took, look at on the, the screen for the visual people on YouTube. On the left is the protocols for the fully vaccinated. And uh, it's almost like they have no protocols. And then if you're not fully vaccinated, like they say, hey, you don't have to, but it's going to be a lot harder for you. You're going to get tested all the time. You can't even you can't even eat with your teammates. And, you know, I mean, that may be a little bit too much, but. At least they're not forcing it. We could say that. And I guess that, that'll be it for that segment. Um, well, I, I guess hey, they're making it hard. They want you back, so they're making it hard. They so do. It's like, they yeah, do want so you back. I get it. All right. Um, breaking news today. The Madden cover just got announced, and uh, a lot of people predicted it was going to be Mahomes-Brady, and it was Mahomes-Brady. And um, Oh. Yeah. I mean, you could get your thoughts on that. But I also... 
uh, leading up to this, a lot of people were speculating and a lot of people were talking on Chargers Twitter like, I am so mad that we never had a player on the cover. We never had LT on the cover. Well, I don't know if you remember this, but actually I remember reading about this and listening about this because I was uh, curious one time a few years ago about the process of how people get chosen for the cover. And apparently LT, LaDainian Tomlinson, was one of the front runners for uh, him making the Madden 08 cover right after he broke uh, the touchdown season touchdown record when he got 31. And now I learned to find out that it was us Charger fans that stopped him from getting that because they were very concerned about the Madden curse and uh, they just didn't want him on there. There was even a website called save LT from Madden.com, a bunch of MySpace pages. I even posted this on Twitter and someone was like, Oh, I remember going to that website. And so here's a fun yeah. little article on that. Um, I remember being mad that we never had a player on the cover. And then I, of course, it was because of us. Uh, I remember, I don't know if my memory is serving me wrong, but if there was a Spanish Madden or like it was a custom one, but Sean Merriman was on one, I think. And Luis Castillo, I think that was a custom made one. Uh, it was like an Espanol one. I was like, what the fuck is going on? But I <laughs> think it was just like, I, I think it was custom made. Cause, cause I've seen a lot of people, like, I think there's this website you can get your custom made Madden covers and then print it out and put it in front. And my friend had it and I was like, what the fuck Luis Castillo? I don't think like anyone knows who the hell Luis Castillo is. I don't know. I think it was just one of those things where like they made it custom, but I do, I do remember hearing something like this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of unfortunate because it kind of felt like he got cursed afterwards, but moving on. Um, I don't know if you've seen this on Twitter or wherever you get your football news, but Von Miller's been capping. I mean, Von Miller's been capping so hard for Drew Locke, which is so weird because I thought that he was capping for Teddy Bridgewater only a few weeks ago, um, saying that Bridgewater was their guy. Now he's saying we got Drew Locke. And, I mean, no one believes this, and I still think that they should have took Justin Fields. And they're obviously – I think they're still in the running for whatever big-name quarterback is going to hit the market soon. But someone took a deep dive on Twitter and has pulled up Von Miller's history – for capping for his quarterbacks, right, which is like, okay, go. you know, support your teammates, but let, let's just go through these. Uh, first one, Von Miller envisions a whole bunch of magical moments with Case Keenum. Um, oh, Lord. Yeah, my goodness. From holding hands to locker room dancing, Von Miller envisions a lot of fun with Case Keenum. Next one, Von Miller says Paxton Lynch oh, looks Lord. like a superstar. Uh, that one, That one's really wild. Uh, third one, Joe Flacco looks like a Super Bowl MVP. I kind of forgot goodness. Joe Flacco was there. Yeah, I, I totally forgot about that too. Uh, maybe he would have done better than Drew Locke. I don't even know. And then last one, this is probably the most disgusting one. Von Miller compares Brandon Allen to when Lil Wayne found Drake after win. And oh the, the first line God. of the article is, Wheezy F baby, and the F is for found Brandon Allen. <laughs> Gotta give credit for that line. I really like that line. Uh, I do like that line. Goddamn, Von Miller. Goddamn. All right. Uh, moving on to some sad news, I would say. Uh, Vince Wilfork, his son, got arrested for stealing his dad's Super Bowl rings. And the article gets even more crazier than that, if you want to check it out. It's a super fast read. But it ends up reading like a 1970s mafia, like Italian mafia scene. I don't even know. Like, it... it it turns out that his son stole more than just the Super Bowl rings. He stole like 
his college memorabilia up to over $300,000 worth of stolen material. And the way that it was found that, you know, it was stolen was Vince obviously puts that, Hey, my stuff is stolen. Some guy who bought it off of collector, um, was like, Oh, I bought it from this guy. And this guy's like, Oh, I bought it from your son. So when, once Vince Wilfork put it out there that it was stolen, the guy returned it to the police, his son, uh, major trouble, uh, just crazy news. You know, uh, fun fact, Vince Wilfork has more career interceptions than Jamal Adams. Wow. That's crazy. And his son fun intercepted fact. his shit. Yeah, right. intercepted his shit. <laughs> All right, now we're getting a little bit into more recent news. Uh, how about this? Uh, OTA started. And Tua started off OTAs with five interceptions. Um, and... Uh, Jacoby Brissett had two. What do you think about this? A lot of people putting a lot of stock into Tua being uh, having I a down sophomore year. Well, I, and I would say this. I mean, we we like to zig when people zag. We like to go opposite directions. Like I just said, people are predicting that Tua will have a bad year. Um, but we kind of reason differently. We kind of see that there's going to be training camp. There is a training camp. There's OTAs. You know, there's more structure. Um, and I believe in Tua with getting Jalen Waddle and and just a second year. It, it feels like you should improve. And one thing that gets lost in this, when I was listening to around the NFL podcast, they also pointed out how Brian Flores was literally just telling him, "Okay, hey, go deep. We're going to go deep on every single play, even if it's uh, bad coverage and even if the receiver's not open. We're just trying to establish a more aggressive vertical attack. That's what it feels like. And so I think it kind of gets lost into the tweets, into the hype uh, that Tua – you know, was actually asked to just do this. Let me tell you something. I'm not digging into any of this stuff. I'm on the Tua train, choo-choo. But, okay, let me give you an example. You, uh, freshman year, whatever, you had summer, you go to sophomore year, first class. You don't even know how to do math right. You don't know how to write. You don't know where to put your name, what's the date. So, dude, give them a break. Like, come on. Everyone is, is like, a Tua hater, I mean, yeah, he had a bad freshman year. Look, a lot of people did. And Fitzpatrick had to come in. There's this narrative now, like, he ain't going to win if Fitzpatrick isn't there, you know, to, to, to pull him out. I'm like, he, he's going to be fine. Look at all the talent around him. I'm not tripping on that at all. I'm on the tour train. Um, hopefully, you know, he doesn't let me down. But uh, just, dude, he's fine. No one's talking about Tom Brady throwing two interceptions in OTAs, right? No one's talking about that, right? It's just because... They just they just want a story, and I'm not I'm not here for it at all. Yeah, and one thing too I forgot to mention is that it's a completely new playbook this year, so everyone's learning a new system over there. And what if it's just a sign of a very good Dolphins defense? I mean, this is a defense last year that really came out the woodwork. It felt like as far as coming off and being a tough team to play. And what if they just gotten better? I mean, Brian Flores, I put a lot of respect in and uh, give a lot of benefit to the doubt uh, to the Dolphins because I just. I think they're way ahead of schedule. All right, how about this one? Uh, Roby Anderson says that Sam Darnold feels different. And he, quote, when I walked in the building, I could see a new energy out of him, like a glow, charisma that I didn't see in New York. I could definitely see the difference in him so far. I like Matt Rule. I do like the Panthers. I do like the direction they're headed. Um, Not an elite team by any means, but I kind of like this. I mean, I do want to give Sam Darnold a shot. I mean, this is one of the most uh, unfair hands he was dealt in new york and now he gets like a fresh start it's almost like he's 
he's still viewed as a very young quarterback. Yeah, um, twenty what twenty three? I mean, he's younger or same age as you. Like he was in New York Jets organization that didn't know what the fuck they're doing. I would be with a new glow too. So yeah, I'm for it right here. <laughs> yeah, anyone would. All right. Um, how about this one? This is kind of a big one. The Bears are saying that Andy Dalton is the week one starter. But Matt Nagy also said in the same uh, phone call with Chris Collinsworth that he doesn't know what's going to happen between now and the beginning of the season. But just to name Andy Dalton the first uh, week one starter right now, why not just put Justin Fields? Why not just name him? Like For me personally, I think that quarterbacks have to grow and mature through game time, through through playing, and through reps with the with the one team, develop that chemistry. And one thing that uh, happened to come out yesterday or a couple of days ago was Keenan Allen was on the Rich Eisen show. And he said, quote, his first catch from Justin Herbert, his first pass was in that game that Justin Herbert was throwing in week two against the Chiefs. Like th- that game, they had no reps beforehand together. Yeah. And uh, I think I think that is not the recipe for success. You got to get the playing time in practice Uh so Justin Fields, I hope that Matt Nagy and them, you know, are headed in the right direction. I hope this is just preseason talk. Yeah, okay. So the thing here with Matt Nagy, I think he's trying to give confidence to both of his quarterbacks. Look, they get Andy Dalton, they hyped him up, and then they draft Justin Fields. There's going to be a preseason this year, so they're going to see what's going to happen. I think he used a poor choice of words saying he's our starter. I think that's a little premature. But if he would have just said, you know, um, we're going to see what happens. If he would have said that, which I think he did. But, like, if he would have said that and didn't name a starter, uh, the fan base is just riled up already for Trubisky with your quarterback. It's a very delicate situation in Chicago um, with quarterbacks. So I think they should choose their words wisely next. And when it comes to quarterback, everyone's going to want to suggest the are, are yeah. sensitive. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, Darnell Mooney – Darnell Mooney's agent was on the timeline every single game. I followed him just because I thought it was funny, like seeing him rage every single time uh, the pass wasn't accurate. And so, uh, I mean, it's felt all throughout that organization and through uh, <laughs> and through their uh, their agents. All right, um, last couple of minicamp OTA news. Uh, how about this? Players not participating in their respective minicamps over presumptive contract issues include Patriots' Stefan Gilmore. Dolphins, Xavier Howard, safety, Jamal Adams for the Seahawks, and then Cardinals edge, Chandler Jones. I think the Stefan Gilmore one, kind of a surprise for me. Um, we have to remember that only a couple years ago, he was he was the uh, one of the highest paid corners out there. And then now, three years later, inflation, corners get paid higher and stuff like that. Uh, he's actually not one of the top corners being paid right now, and he probably deserves to be. So I understand that uh, the Jamal Adams one kind of out of nowhere and kind of sucks to put the Seahawks in that bind, but they say they're not finding him. They're going to get that done. And then the rest of these guys, any other thoughts on them? Um, you know, just pay him. I think all those guys deserve um, a decent paycheck. You know, they, they put some work in. I mean, Jamal Adams, I'm like, I was clowning on him earlier. He's a good run stop safety. He's a run stop safety first. And you know, you need that in a safety. He could get coverage. He's not a ball hawk, but uh, Chandler Jones, uh, you're going to need him because that defense, um, as you know, you're, yeah. you know, so, and uh, Howard, he led the league in interceptions last year. So he's going to want to get paid to Stephon Gilmore. Yep. Um, 
he's going to want to get paid too as well because he was already up there. You don't want to take a pay cut. Uh, I think he's still an elite level player. All right, and then wrapping up, um, let's get to your opinion on these three different players. Le'Veon Bell saying he would never play for Andy Reid. I don't really put too much. I don't know if you have any drama or uh, reaction to that. Cam Newton not looking good in, in practice, coming off of a little bit of a hand injury, but it looks like Mac Jones has some nice throws. I know that you said that people are overreacting to that. I'm a Cam believer. I like I like Cam. I like um, his comeback story, and, and I just think it is a possibility for Mac Jones to come and uh, take that spot, maybe even by week one. And then lastly, a guy that we've also put a lot of you know, follow into was Amon Ross St. Brown, and he's been lighting it up in Lions practice. Shout out to the Lions um, for getting something right. What was the first story you said? Uh, Le'Veon Bell. Okay, the Le'Veon Bell thing, um, that dude is just a drama queen overall. Look at what he did with the Steelers, with the Jets. I'm not putting anything into that. I mean, everyone's saying Andy Reid is a good guy. I mean, he looks like a nice guy. I mean, nice mustache, (laughs) has a different face mask every every week. Um, He has cool Hawaiian shirts. I love Hawaiian shirts. So I don't see nothing that. Secondly uh, was – the Cam Newton overthrows. I've seen that. First of all, this dude didn't play for what two, three years. He was just getting jacked. Every Instagram post was him just working out. I think even uh, who was he sponsored by? Um, Under Armour, either Under Armour or Adidas. It's just posting him just working out. I don't blame him for overthrowing these dudes because he's just so powerful and jacked. And and when Mac Jones made a pass, <sighs> I can't believe I was so high on him in the draft. This dude, it looks so sorry he drops back and just stays there like a statue then throws it like did you just glitch right now dog like what the hell's going on yeah he completed it of course he did and well cam newton didn't complete it mac jones is always being caught awkward you know that walk awkward walk yeah it's like when he does a three-step back it looks like when someone's opening a door from a distance and you gotta be like oh shit (laughs) that's the mahomes scene he goes like okay shit my bad i got you yeah and then um, Raw St. Brown, he's coming from a, a, a football family. His brother plays for the Packers. He has another uh, brother in Stanford, if I'm not mistaken. So um, I'm glad the Lions got him. And um, well, guys, I'll be looking forward they really to it. The, they really need that wide receiver help. And this is some guy that, you know, we've been on a couple weeks ago before he's been making any, any major headlines. And I've been on him pre-draft. Yeah, he got a, he got drafted in the third round, I believe. I think he deserved a little bit better than that. But you know how wide receivers either get drafted super high or super low. There's never really a middle ground with with wide receivers. But, yeah, I'm happy for him, and I'm ready to see the Lions, see if they could do something. And we're going to talk about them. Well, not in this one. Well, yeah, yeah. We're doing 032 power ranking, so they're they're a little later. A lot (laughs) lot later. They are a little later. A lot later, but okay. Well, Let's get right into it, our power rankings. And yes, like we said, we collaborated on this one. The last two rankings, we had our own separate lists, but this one we decided to come together. So we won't really have too many opposing views, but just maybe a little bit different perspectives. But let me kick things off. I got the odds, all the odd teams. David has all the even teams. And so the first team on our power rankings, no surprise here, we have the Bucks. And my graphic that I have for the Bucks, it has to be the roster, a team that retained all of their players. Are you kidding me? And, and you just won the Super Bowl. Um, there's not much to say other than this team might run it back. I mean, I could see them at least shoe in for the NFC Championship. The NFC South, what do we got there? The Panthers, 
nothing. The Falcons, who, I mean, they're like a team that is going through a breakup. You just lost Julio Jones. Like, that's going to take some time to heal. It's a new identity. It's a new regime over there. Um, the defense is still questionable. And um, Matt Ryan, I'll still, you know, chalk him up for 4,000 yards. But, you know, it's a, it's his first season without Julio in a while. I mean, so this is – this is uh, uh, what else is in the NFC? Oh, and then also the Saints. The Saints in that division – we know that they're going through a different time period right now, and they have all their questions at quarterback. So I think you could chalk them up for possibly maybe even sweeping this division. And um, they're going to kick things off in week one with a firework matchup, I think, against the Cowboys. Might even just light it up. But their defense, I mean, Joe Tryon, their first-round pick uh, over here, to maybe take over an aging defensive line and learn a lot from guys like Ndamukong Sue. You got guys like JPP. I mean, these are nice veterans who are going to give them some recipes. I like them. I don't think any disagreements. And we weren't even fighting about this one. Uh, that's also agreed. But I just want to remind people that they struggled um, during the season and uh, they were a wild card. But, um, you know, a Super Bowl win and they kept all those starters. So I think they'll improve a lot more wins this coming up season. Um, I think they'll at least lose one. I'll, t- I'll, I'll take them losing two games in the division. Just because you never know in football, always there's always that you don't know factor. Because maybe Tom Brady's having an off day, and just one of these teams step up. So I'm saying two games in division. Um, so here we go with me, number two. We got the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I mean, it's the Kansas City Chiefs, and their biggest, biggest best friend is going to be right here, Orlando Brown Jr. You got Patty Mahomes right there. Uh, hopefully, his like foot injury is you know cool and everything you know because i seen him on off season with uh his newborn i forgot her name do something oh. uh with a like a foot it was around easter time and he had like a big ass boot and oh lord the internet blew up like oh my god penny Mahomes, this and that he had no offensive line you you know they have a whole new offensive line i love to see that well no i don't as a charger fan i don't but who i love to see in and i showed lucas this and he like replayed it a thousand times was mm. this rookie in the third round. I was high, really high on this dude from Mizzou. And uh, let's run the clip right now. Oh! <laughs> Look at Nick Bone. Look at Nick Bone. Oh! A run stopper in Nick Bolton. I believe he'll be a day one starter. This dude just... Just look up Nick Bolton when you have some free time on YouTube. There's like 20 of those videos. Third and one, fourth and two. This dude will get in the gap and hit some dudes. So, uh, whew, I'm ex- ooh, Charger Raider games. I'm going to be scared for our, our guys there. That dude is a hard-hitting guy. So, yeah, number two Chiefs. I mean, no disagreement there. I mean, they may have lost a couple of, you know, offensive firepower in a couple of receivers. But, I mean, they got a huge asset getting Orlando Brown Jr. back. You know, especially after those two major injuries among the offensive line last year. And so they're going to be just as scary. Um, no doubt about that. Moving on to number three. This might be a surprise. And we hadn't had some, uh, you know, questions asking ourselves putting this team here because we do not want to put too much stock into a team like this that just maybe historically could disappoint you. But it has to be the Browns, right? I mean, the Browns, with all of their moves in the offseason, you know, uh, getting – cornerback and safety help in Troy Hill and John Johnson. I mean, those are huge pickups right there. And then I just think about this team and I got to say their offensive line. That's what puts, that's what goes into my head. You know, Jack Conklin, Wyatt Teller, Jedrick Wills Jr. 
I mean, this team, I'm going to say it right now, has the best offensive line in football. And when people think about offensive line this past few years, I know that every team thinks about, or every person thinks about the Colts. I'll say the Browns offensive line right now is probably better than the Colts offensive line ever was these past few years. I'll put money on that. This is the number one running team. And this is a team that is going to get OBJ back. And, you know, we don't want injuries to happen. So you got to take account for what this guy can do. Right. And so getting that back, uh, this is a team that loves play action. I really love Stefanski. They beefed up the defense, putting them at number two. I don't think that's that's so wild. Number or number three. three. Number three, yeah. yes. Um, I had them at number one on my list, but I don't want to give them too high expectations. Number three is, and I gave them the number one defense as well. I don't know why I keep on saying that. It's just I just feel <laughs> bad for these Cleveland fans. You know, LeBron James leaves you, and then then all the quarterbacks you guys run through. I mean, like, goddamn, like, I would hate to be – I have a Cleveland Brown friend, and we always talk about it. He he is very critical on his own team, like Cleveland Brown fans are. Um, my only biggest question is OBJ. He's kind of aging. I need. I want to see those younger guys, Higgins, Peoples-Jones, those guys stepping up big. Baker, they're, they're, this is – I think he's playing for his contract. I think it's his fifth-year mm-hmm. option coming up, so he's going to have to ball out. Nick Chubb. Kareem Hunt, best one-two punch in the league. And then offensive line, defense. I love that defense. I, I rated number one in the in the NFL. So, all right, moving to number four, we got the Buffalo Bills. And it's going to rely on these two guys right here. I'm talking Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen. I mean, these guys just have a super tight bond. They they do things. They play Madden together and all that cool shit. So, I love these two guys. Uh, I have Stephon Diggs. Uh, being the best receiver in the league or could be one of them. And then Josh Allen winning MVP defensively. They got Gregory Russo. I'm very excited to see Gregory Russo. And they also got Brian Poyer. Not a lot of people talked about him. He was 10th in the league with solo tackles with 101. He had two interceptions this year. Not the greatest, but he did have one against Russell Wilson in the 44 to 34 win against the Seahawks. So um, it's going to be, um, I, I want to see their defense step up. And their runner backs to step up. But uh, I like what they have already and put them at number four is pretty respectable. And in the vision where I don't know, like you got the Dolphins and you got the Patriots now. So like it's gonna be a three-way tie. It's gonna be it's gonna be a pretty tough division. Um, so I'm excited to see that. Yeah, a team this is a team that's definitely carried their rankings are carried by their offense for sure. I think one of the most underrated additions for this team is Emmanuel Sanders. And uh, um, you touched on Gregory Russo for a little bit. For people that don't know, this man's six seven, a six seven edge rusher. That is a nice skill set to have. Long arms, um, hands. I mean, that's exactly what you need for to be a successful player. So he has a skill set. Let's see what he can do on the field. All right, number five, we got the Rams. And when I think about the Rams, I really like this guy Stafford. And let's see what Stafford can do with a competent head coach and Sean McVay. Look, I, I was thinking, well, you know, what's my graphic going to be? And and I thought about Stafford because this is just the embodiment of L.A. right now. You think about the L.A. Dodgers, the most stacked team in baseball that just always gets free agents. You think about the L.A. Lakers. They get free agents. They got LeBron a couple of years ago. They got A.D. They always picking up nice role players. You look at the L.A. Clippers. They just got Kawhi. They just got Paul George. They're trying to build things. Well, the L.A. Rams, they just got Stafford. I think that's an equivalent to all of those moves that, um, from these other franchises, other sports like that. The embodiment of L.A., trying to make sure that you can get that ship. Stafford, I mean, 
maybe you guys might be thinking I'm crazy, but this guy right here, I think is going to really open a lot of people's eyes up to the talent he's had. I mean, Aaron Rodgers said it himself last year when they played Stafford doesn't get no respect. He's been doing it for a long time. And I think he's really going to take this team to the next level. I don't think that their defense is going to fall off as much either. I mean, I know they lost huge free agents, but still, you got to look at how they've always been able to step it up big and evolve players and and keep the level of play high. And you still got AD and Jalen Ramsey. I like this Rams team. Number five might even be a little disrespectful. Yeah, um, I like the Rams as well. Matthew Stafford is one of the clutchest quarterbacks in the league. Not People forget that because he's in Detroit. And, you know, they're saying, well, the Lions ruined Calvin Johnson's career. Well, who was thrown into him most of the time? Matthew Stafford. So um, I got to give credit a lot to this dude. They, the Rams over Goff, he's still young. So they they got, you know, they traded first round pick. They apparently just don't like first round picks. They must be allergic or something because they just do not like first round picks. But they got their guy, Matthew Stafford, Jalen Ramsey, AD. Um, pricey, pricey, uh, though. So uh, they got to watch uh, their cap and all that, all that salary fun stuff so good luck with that all right moving on to number six um we got this one i remember i told a friend of mine and he said i was smoking crack but i think this this team has the potential to be the sixth best team in the league i'm talking about the 49ers i'm talking about trey lance but i'm also talking about jimmy garoppolo as well who's going to be the starter are they going to trade him when are they going to trade him that was the biggest headline all over the place, like, well, we should trade Jimmy G right now while his stock is high and he doesn't get injured. But Trey Lance, dude, 6'5", 250, whatever, goddamn linebacker. So much raw talent. What are we going to do? So, like, I'm real excited to see preseason. I definitely want to see Trey Lance. And then is Jimmy G going to be there? Or are they going to wait till he gets injured? I know they'll never say that to any media member. But, I mean, this team, they had, they had I believe, the 13th pick. They traded up, and the reason why they had such a high pick is because the injury list, and I'm just going to throw this list up from um, early in the season. This injury list right here – oh, shit, I'm dyslexic. This <laughs> injury list right here has Jimmy G, George Kittle, Debo. That's – there's old starters right there. Raheem Moser, another starter, Kevin Coleman, Jeff Wilson – Two centers, another tight end, two other wide receivers. That's just on offense. Defense, you have Nick Bosa, Solomon Thomas, D Ford, Richard Sherman, Tarts. Like that, that right there, this whole injury list could make a whole team. And then it says likely to be added today. Two more players. And then players who miss games. This is before Brandon, Brandon Ayuk, Richard, Richie James, Emmanuel Mosley. Just like I don't know how much this is like at least 40 players on this list I have on this graphic. And, like, they suffered through, I believe the number is 87 injuries or something. And they're just I, – I always say this injuries are always kind of a good thing, a, a blessing in disguise because all these younger players step up. So this 49er team is still playing competitive football with second stringers, third stringers, even practice squad guys. So 49ers, I think everyone's coming back healthy besides Richard Sherman, who he hasn't signed yet, which is crazy. Um I can't wait to see this 49er team and what they do. Raheem Moster, I think, is going to be a top 10 running back this year. Ooh, yeah, I can see Raheem Moster being top 10. I mean, yeah, I'm excited to see this whole team come back healthy and especially what's going to happen with their quarterback situation. I don't think we've got too much quarterback news out of uh, San Fran. Maybe they're trying to, yeah. keep things, trying to keep things wrapped up over there. But two NFC West teams in a row. All right, number seven. When I think about this team, 
I think about the quarterback. So number seven, we got the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, and it's on Lamar to pass 3,000 passing yards. He did not pass the 3,000 passing yards threshold last year. And I know that his running game is a big part of that. So even if you combine, though, his rushing yards and his passing yards, it still doesn't cross 4K. And you're a quarterback for passing reasons first. And, uh, and I know that they addressed wide receiver uh, through the draft this year, but you really just got put things together. They were quoted saying, yeah, we want to make uh, ourselves a more vertical attack team. Maybe Rashad Bateman will do that. But another headline that came out of Ravens uh, news minicamp was the fact that they the media is not allowed to film Lamar Jackson throwing any passes. Uh, I don't know how credible that is. It came from Barstool Sports, so you know how kind of they're kind of wacky over there. But that's a little bit of a weird headline, not going to lie. I think their defense also will be fine. I know that they lost a few, but I still believe in them. This is a team that, that can put things together. I'm on the defensive line. still solid with Calais Campbell, Derek Wolf, Patrick Queen at linebacker, uh, Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters in the back end. So I don't think that their defense is going to fall off that bad, even though they lost a few. I just think about Lamar having to step it up. I think they'll be effective. I don't think that there's still been any very successful game plan against Lamar as far as his running game, but it all depends on the passing game and how healthy it could be. This is where what this is where our first disagreement came because I think I had them outside the top ten, but you know after long consideration, I think this is the longest team we talked about. We put them at seven. I think that's a pretty uh, solid. Uh, oh, you want to say floor ceiling, whichever one. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, um, Lamar Jackson. I mean, I've been shitting on Lamar Jackson for years, um, but there's a video on my Instagram of me praising him when he first started. It was against the Raiders, I believe that's why. And Joe Flacco's out, and I just praised. I said the Lamar Jackson era is here, and I even said in a fantasy aspect, I was like, this dude's gonna run all over you. But from a from a just an NFL aspect, I I want him to see him pass more. Rashawn Bateman's there, my boy out of Minnesota, so I'm gonna be watching Raven games. Uh, because of that, and you got Sammy Watkins, who Patty Mahomes reincarnated his career. So the defense, I'm not even worried about. They just always good, you know. That division just defenses just always tend to be good. So um, um, seven is respectable. All right, moving on to number eight, and you see, I'm wearing my old ass 2007. Yeah, is that 2007? 2007. What year is this? 2006 2007 season charger sure when we went 14 and 2 um and lost <laughs> and lost in the first round um i think this is the this is the year we had the f- number one first def- the number one defense and number one offense you know cry that boy uh but <laughs> i found this picture and i love it so much my boy justin herbert dog you cannot mess with this guy offensive rookie of the year um, and they're saying there's a lot of comparisons um, of uh, a lot of young quarterbacks won their the MVP in the second year. So maybe this is it. There's a lot of comparisons saying like um, you you brought it up with the Bucks. Um, they get a new quarterback. They draft a guy that um, mm. as it's uh, Dan. The 13th that pick, was, oh, yeah. Well, the 13th pick was an offensive tackle. The second round pick was a corner that was named after their dad. Antoine Winfield Jr. on the Bucks, and Asante Samuel Jr on the yeah. chargers a lot of parallels it's crazy and, and they they is a new stadium and that's where the super bowl was held and next year this coming up year it's held in sofi that's another connection uh i don't really believe in all that but conspiracy guy lucas here is all over <laughs> it 
Um, another player that I'm excited to see come back on the field finally is Derwin James. Oh, my God. People are still respecting him in rankings, though, having him in the top 10 for now. Uh, he hasn't been played. Fuck, it's felt like forever. But I like how people still have respect on him, still putting him in the top five, even top 10 safeties. Because a lot of when people get, like, injured and been gone for a while, they kind of forgot about him. But sometimes it's the complete opposite. But I think Derwin James is a top safety when he's on the field. Swaggy safety. Uh, dude. Even if you guys aren't Charger fans, go follow their social media. Their social their social media team is just the best in the league. Oh my god, they post an old vine. They post my favorite vine when Mike Will made a one handed catch, and then someone in the crowd was like, "Wow!" And then it's a vine with a guy. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's like my favorite fucking vine. And I was like, eh. I was like, "Oh my god, that's my favorite fucking vine." Oh, I didn't retweet that shit. I seen it on Instagram. I'm gonna go on Twitter and retweet that shit. That's my favorite fucking vine. So, uh, yeah, their social media team. Just always putting up some fire ass content, dude. Like, you gotta respect it from a fans because I follow other NFL teams. They put up good shit, but the Chargers team, man, they they all won. They are on one. So go Chargers, bolt up. Maybe a little bit of a Chargers bias, but honestly, this rosters have to be one of the best rosters out there. I mean, if you compare it to the rosters behind, I mean, I think you can still make this argument for uh, it being properly placed at number eight for us in the power rankings. So, I mean, obviously, I'm not gonna disagree, but. Number nine, what I think about this team, the Miami Dolphins, and I think about Tua and Brian Flores. And we touched on it earlier with Tua having that bad practice, so-called bad practice. But like we said, we're going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Brian Flores literally told him to keep throwing it even after those picks, um, just because this is something that they're going to ingrain in their head that we're going to be an aggressive offense and you have to like what they're putting over there in Miami we're not going to go too in depth because we talked about it earlier but the defensive side as well they they got Jalen Phillips um they just signed Jerome Baker they must like him so we must give them the benefit of the doubt for that signing as well they're going to get Xavier Howard signed they're going to get that contract um, situated and um you know this is a team that's ahead of schedule and the players play up you know they play better than what expected so they all are, are gelling and I, I really like what Brian Flores is doing I love the Dolphins this year. The Dolphins always been a team I liked. I like their colors. Um, I like their old logo. They that was the worst, worst downgrade I have ever seen uh, when they changed their logo to that. The, whatever. Don't I, don't get me started with that shit. But um, yeah, I like the Dolphins this year. Xavier Howard, uh, Byron Jones too. Uh, Jalen Phillips. I want to see how does Will Fuller after Week One because he's suspended, of course. Uh, I want to see to it. And that's a big. That's a big. That's a downfield target right there. Will Fuller was just balling out in Houston. And then he just got injured or PED, one of those. It's always one of those. But um, I'm excited to see uh, Tua bounce back and prove the haters wrong. I'm saying it now. Before, it's June 17th, 9 in the morning. And that's not me without a coffee. This is me saying this, that Tua will have a bounce back year and he'll do good. So moving on to number 10. The only reason why they're at number 10 because of this guy right here. Julio Jones mm. and AJ Brown. Have you seen, oh my God, have you seen the memes? I was going to get it uh, where uh, <laughs> uh, it's a, like when Julio Jones goes in the locker room and sees AJ Brown for the first time. And it's that guy who's like moving his hips all weird. Like, <laughs> no. Because they're saying there's uh, the, the Titan haters, which they're out there. were saying that AJ Brown's like obsessed with Julio Jones and like, they're putting all these memes out. It was pretty funny when the trade happened. Like, Twitter was going crazy. Uh, there was a lot of memes of, like, saying AJ Brown was, like, obsessed with him. But, I mean, that's his idol. Like, growing up, they jersey swap. Now that's your boy on the other side of the field. I wouldn't be – I'm happy. I'm happy for them. 
Uh, their defense, though, let me just show you their uh, defensive backs here. Um, as you can see here, for the people who are listening, it's a blank page. Uh, <laughs> their, their, uh, their defense. I thought that was. I thought that was a messed up. Like uh, it wasn't loading. No, no, no. It's it's a blank page. Their defensive backs consist of Janaris Jenkins and uh, Caleb Farley, Christian Fulton, Elijah Molden. Like I'm not saying these guys ain't scrubs. Caleb Farley has an injury history, but we were high on him, so I'm gonna stay like that. But I mean, they're gonna. Those guys are gonna have to step up big time, especially. I think they, their defense won't really be on the field that much, or maybe they will because they'll just keep on scoring, and the defense is always gonna be out. So I don't know how it's gonna go, but uh, the Titans offense, the big three, I guess you could say, big four: Tannehill, Henry, Brown, and Jones. I mean, God damn, that, that's a pretty stacked offense. That's why they had to put some respect to put number 10. Their defense is holding them back, though. They'll be higher if they had a better defense. For they, sure. did get, they did get Bud Dupree, but it's going to take more than that because they didn't have no pass rush last year. Uh, exactly, yeah. and a lot of Bud Dupree's stats come because he was playing with T.J. Watt on the other side, and it's so hard to account for two edge rushers. But when you only got one, and Bud Dupree's not on the level of someone like T.J. Watt, just respectfully saying that. So I'm not not sure how much of an upgrade this Titans team is. It's almost like a patch-up work over there, and it's kind of weird to say that because the fact that Mike Rabel is a defensive-minded coach. But moving on. All right, so that was the Titans at 10. Number 11, we got the Bears. And the Bears, I just think of Matt Nagy. I mean, this is all dependent on what his decisions do. Um, at the quarterback position, like that, and every single uh, uh, position decision, whether it be quarterback who to start there or even the kicker, I mean, I mean, the Matt Nagy decisions have come back to haunt him, and that's who I'm looking at right now when I think about this team. Because you have a very capable um, offensive roster, I think, if you put Justin Fields in there. You also drafted Tevin Jenkins, a guy who I was very high on um, months ago going into the draft. People forget about Khalil Mack. Roquan Smith, uh, Danny Trevathan on the other side, just because this team is not exciting and you have to be able to be competitive on the offensive side. We did talk about this earlier. So I think this is a very respectable um, ranking for them at 11 because their defense is still very, very solid, but it, the question marks are just all among the offense. Uh, this one, I kind of, this was another one. I'm high on this team, obviously. He's yeah. high on the bear, Bears. Um, I mean, if Justin Fields is the guy, which I think he is, I'm a, we're assuming that Justin Fields starter week one and just just has a fucking year. Might even get rookie of the year. The way everyone's high on him, the Bear fans are high on him. I think he's like the third and fourth most sold jersey. The the orange one, which I hated, the just the old orange one, but I'm actually starting to like it now. And like he, like fan base is loving him. And the the Broncos are real. I think gonna really regret not drafting him. So I I think he's like 15. They're 15. But um, we compromised at 11. So um, moving on to what we're number on. Well, I just said 11, so 12. All right, so number 12, I got the Seahawks, or we got the Seahawks. And um, their defense was terrible. I get it. And they lost the safety, or they lost uh, Shaquille Griffin to the Jaguars. But uh, let me bring up these two right here. These two guys just get it done. Russell Wilson was sad. You know, hey, I need offensive line. Boom, what they got? They got offensive line. They even drafted one um, to Logan Forsythe in like the sixth round, who I think is going to be um, a diamond in the rough. So they just get things done. You know, they have a good relationship. I think that alone 
it's good for everyone's mental health and everyone's good physical health and everything. The mental health plays a big part in all this. And then another, another guy that I like is, uh, God, let me try to pronounce his name. Dwayne Eskridge. I believe his name is, uh, second round, um, wide receiver. They drafted, uh, next to DK Metcalf, um, Tyler Lockett. I mean, this offense is just going to just, I think this guy could bring him over the top. And I think there's going to be one of those teams where there's going to be offense, 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 and the defense steps up, it does. If not, we're just going to fucking drop 40 on you. So I think that's how it's going to work. Chris Carson is the starter uh, runner back. Runner backs just, I remember playing fantasy. It's just all the runner backs were always injured. I don't know which one. I always stay away from them. But if Chris, Concert, Chris Carson is healthy, I think he'd be like a top 15 runner back if he's healthy. And with that offense flowing, um, I can see the Seahawks. This is maybe a little too high for some people, maybe even too low for some people. I think 12 is a good middle ground. I, I think 12 is a great middle ground for this team because I don't really believe in their defense. I know they kind of fixed it up last year, but they were historically bad. I mean, the first, I would say the first 12, 13 weeks, they were just historically bad. And they may have, you know, tightened it up towards the end of the season, but how much is that going to carry over? How much is that going to be, uh, completely figured out by def- uh, by offenses when they attack this team. And you said it, Chris Carson and Rashad Penny, they always get hurt. So they become very – a guy like Dwayne Eskridge could probably help out because DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett sometimes can't get it done just by themselves. But I'm very concerned about this team. Their offense is really carrying them right now. All right, moving on to 13. This is a very interesting team, um, one that I know we're both high on, but David is extremely high on. And it is the Washington football team. And when I think about the Washington football team, I think of these two. I think of Ron Rivera and Fitzmagic. I mean, Ron Rivera seems to be able to uh, get this team behind him. I think that they're all rallied behind him. And and quarterback issues are of the past um, with Dwayne Haskins and then uh, sometimes putting Alex Smith in there. And you don't want to see Alex Smith get hurt, but shout out to him for coming back. Amazing year. Um, but you get the Fitzmagic here. This is interesting. Can Fitzmagic jumpstart this team to an amazing start? Last year, uh, no one was expecting them to win that first game, Washington against the Eagles, and they they came out and destroyed them. Their defensive line is one of the best. And they also got Jameen Davis in the draft, some guy that I think that they're very, very high on. Uh, Look, I, I like this team to just continue their defensive presence. And their offensive side, the young guys are going to continue to keep growing. Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin, uh, Logan Thomas, one of the best tight ends in the league, is super underrated. So I think that this ranking right here for them at 13 is very reasonable, considering what they even did last year in the playoffs, showing one of the best uh, games against the eventual Super Bowl winning champions in the Buccaneers. So this is a very interesting team right here. I think there's, their ceiling could be very higher. Let me tell you something right now. The Washington football team will win the division over the Cowboys, even the Giants, who I have them winning second. I have the Cowboys winning third because their defense is goddamn terrible. But if Ron Rivera could survive cancer, he could survive this sorry-ass division. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know what his new nickname is? Ryan Jumper Cable Fitzpatrick. That's what this guy does. He jumper, he jump starts this whole offense. Any team he goes, look at where, look at his history. Look at the Dolphins, the the Buccaneers. Yeah, he'll he'll might get throw three to four interceptions, but he'll give you four touchdowns and 500 yards. This dude will ball out for you. He'll give you everything he got. And let me tell you something. He's the most swaggiest guys. Yes, I said swaggiest. 
add that to your dictionary guy in the NFL over these young guys. This dude brings the heat in the press conference. Dude's beard is amazing. Got the chest hair, got the chain, got his hair, the glasses. I mean, this dude is Mr. NFL. I, I don't know. I have so much nicknames for this guy. Traveling man, journey man, whatever the hell you want to call him. He's going to get this Washington football team to get the win of division. They're number 13 for a reason. That defense, Chase Young, it's game over. <laughs> all right number 14 number 14 um i this was more lucas's thing i was kind of like eh but i am on the carson Wentz train i guess this is the year of just being on uh quarterbacks that weren't so good's back this year um i was really hard on him everyone was hard on him he changed his number new city new new team um, he already feels loved there more than probably he ever felt in Philadelphia because Philadelphia don't care about mental health at all. They need to listen to my other podcast because goddamn. But Carson Wentz, you know, I, I feel like just him in a better environment and better mental state, that will be better for him. And you got some young guys there, wide receivers. That's why I was kind of timid to put him this high. But Michael Pittman Jr., uh, Zach Pascal, you got great tight ends there, great safety nets. And then you also got – this runner back here, and uh, I'm not a Jonathan Taylor. I do not know how I feel about him because I'm starting not to like him because how overrated he's becoming. People <sighs> are drafting him over a lot of runner backs this year. They're saying he's going to be like a top five runner back. I know he finished strong, but most of that was in garbage time and the, the record are the teams they're versing. But if you, if you look at the first 12 games, he didn't do that great. You know, he really had – I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to. You know, he did a great. He had a great year. He had. A, uh, I forgot his yardage exactly, but he ended up with one thousand one sixty nine. Yeah, uh, I just think I'm starting not to like him because everyone's liking him more. <laughs> that not not for talent wise, it's just everyone's on him. I'm like, I'm getting over him because he's overrated. But I think he's gonna um, be a great relief to Carson Wentz. I like the guy. I just don't like him because everyone else is liking him. He had one 100-yard rushing game in the first, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 11 you, games. What I say, what I say, 12, yeah, exactly. And, that, and the 100-yard rushing game came in week two, so he was in a very long drought. And then he ended the season strong. In the last game, he ended up with 253 rushing yards. So That's what got him over the, yeah, so people are, especially with, uh, what's the word we like using in fantasy? Uh, player relevance or relevance bias recency bias recency bias so everyone's like oh he had fucking almost 1200 yards well if you deep dive in it he didn't do that great but there's and it was against the jaguars on the last game yeah that's why let me just uh that mean ass (laughs) god damn so exactly everyone's really high on him uh in fantasy wise i am picking him too early if he's there you know in dynasty i'll probably pick him up uh uh I, I think he's going to be outside the top 10 looking in, but very close. And I think he's capable of being in the top 10 as well. But that I think there's 10 running backs better than him. Mm, I, I would agree. Number 15, we're going to move on to the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys at 15, what? They're getting Dak back. What? The Ezekiel Elliott should be better. They got uh, Amari Cooper, CD Lamb. Are, are you kidding me? Well, it's because of their defense, right? And, and so I'm thinking about this team. Dak probably has comeback player of the year wrapped up. There are a lot of players coming back though from injury. Um, yeah. Von Miller and McCaffrey. 
Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley. So it's going to be a very elite list for as far as when it comes down to it. But I think Dak is going to be fine. We got to remember this guy was on pace to shatter the uh, single season passing record last year. And so I think their offense is going to be healthy. There is questions around Zeke if he's going to be a better running back. And I actually want to do a segment on running backs and their shelf life now in the NFL. I think it's gotten a lot shorter. I mean, if you take a look at like guys like Todd Gurley, um, who's having trouble finding uh, work, and also Le'Veon Bell. I mean, these are some of the top running backs if you go back maybe just five years ago. And one weird stat, too, is that Derrick Henry is actually older than Todd Gurley, which is really weird. But then I'm thinking about the Cowboys. I'm thinking about Dak, and then I also think about Mike McCarthy, man, because I don't know if I if I believe in him. I've been a Mike McCarthy uh, hater. Yeah, I'll say hater. Fine, I'm very critical of this guy, and for, I think for good reason. I mean, last year still they still had a million playmakers on offense, and they still couldn't figure it out. And their defense is still riddled with questions. And their their linebacking core, I'll say, is probably maybe one of the best out there. Leighton Vanderish, Michael Parsons, Jalen Smith, but. How much can linebackers do, really? So Trevon Diggs is going to need to step up big in a sophomore year, but their secondary is still very much lacking, and their um, pass rush is very much of a concern. So that's what's really holding this team back. This is a team that I think is going to be having fireworks on the offensive side, but you know, how much are they going to be held back from McCarthy, and how much can their defense step it up? The Cowboys never get a couple things right. Players that don't have a bad history and coaching staff they got Dan Quinn as their defensive coordinator, our special assistant. They always have these weird-ass titles, but Dan Quinn was part of – he head coached the Falcons in the Super Bowl with that crazy-ass choke. And then oh, he 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 lost his job, what, five games in the season, six games in the season last year against the, with the Falcons. I, I, I just don't – Cowboys just amaze me on the moves they make. It's, I thought the Raiders were pretty bad, but goddamn, the Cowboys just – with the amount they, of talent they have, too. It's just crazy. And then, like you said, Dak Prescott was on a pace to shatter it. Well, because Zeke ain't doing shit. You know, Zeke wasn't doing stuff. He was fumbling it. I'm telling yeah. you, ever since he got that tattoo on his goddamn fucking belly, he hasn't been the same. And I think his ego maybe got to him and his fucking hair, maybe the 13 nose piercings this fucker got. But, I mean, I want Zeke to succeed, trust me. I, I kind of sound like a Z hater. I'm a cowboy hater. Just I think everyone is. Even cowboy fans fucking hate the cowboys. So I mean, at 15, that was me being very, very nice. I I would have them lower. I think I had them at 21. But um, their offense, just based off talent alone, Dak coming back, especially if he comes back better, or even if he was last year, it's going to be great. So yeah, 15, it's a compromise. All right, moving on to number 16. This is the last one we're going to do. Uh, I forgot we're only doing 16. Next one, we're doing another 16. Uh, we got the New Orleans Saints. And uh, these Saints, I was real skeptical on. This is, like I said, another compromise. I had them a, a little lower. It's just quarter, quarterback. Like, what's going to happen? Is Winston going to be 30 for 30, 40 for 40, 50 for 50? We don't know. Taysom Hill, how are they going to work him in the offense, tight end, like, is he going to run? Like, I I don't know. Like, I would want Winston because he's actually a quarterback, and I'll have Taysom Hill as a gadget guy, throw him in tight end, have him, like, like have him as a tight end, have him fall back, Winston pitch it to him, and then, like, throw, like, make some crazy – if you're going to have two quarterbacks, make some fucking crazy plays. People are going to probably assume you're going to make crazy plays, but fuck it, just go all out. Kamara is still there. He's still young. I like him. 
Uh, especially that Thanksgiving game, he had like six touchdowns or some shit, or Christmas, or I forgot what game it was. He just ran all over everyone. Michael Thomas, Mr. Slants himself, should should be putting in some work in that defense. Getting older on that defensive line, but the secondary is great. But there is one hope for the Saints. It's fucking this guy right here. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, my God. What? It's this guy. I don't know his name, but sign this dude. You got the fucking Jordans, I believe. Oh, man. Sign this dude a contract right now. I don't know. I've seen this picture. It was funny. It's a, it's a male cheerleader, guys. It's funny. Um, but, yeah, Saints at 16. Yeah, the quarterback question for sure. But the defense is still nice, and I think that they're going to – they're the ones. One of the few defensive teams out there right now. I mean – that's going to help. Th- that's helping them in the rankings. We were talking about when we were making the list that bounty. a lot, a lot of people's, uh, bounty game. a lot of people's offenses, a lot of teams offenses is carrying them in the rankings, but this is actually a complete opposite. So I guess that wraps it up for this podcast. As far as the rankings, we will do the next 16, the bottom half, uh, next podcast, but that wraps it up. I hope you guys enjoyed this so far, David, where can we find you on social media? You can find us, uh, well, find me, Sports Guy David, on any social media outlet. And just keep an eye out. Like we said, this is the last podcast of Fancy Sports Cave. It was a long, nice run. But uh, we got a lot of things coming in Speedy Side. So if you guys are still listening, make sure to uh, keep your eye on that. We tweeted it. Um, and we have Instagram, too. Fancy Sports Cave as of now. But we'll we'll release the name in the next podcast. We're going we're gonna to let you guys try to guess it. Shit. Try to guess it. But, um, yeah, thank you, everyone, for supporting us through this journey. And um, we're excited for the future. All right. And you guys can follow me on Twitter at SugarForLucas. Make sure you guys follow the Fantasy Sports Cave. But uh, we're, our social media handles are going to change. So be on the lookout for that. But for David and for me, we hope you guys have a wonderful day. And we are out.